We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for taking a part of your day to hang out with us here on Empower Radio. So have you ever been confused by your relationship with this thing called life? I know I have been, and it wasn't until I put both feet solidly on my spiritual path that things started to make more sense and start to come more clearly into focus. An analogy I like to use is that things look very different on the first floor versus the fifth floor versus the penthouse of a condominium. The best thing for me about having greater altitude and clarity is a sense of peace and purpose and the ability to help others gain higher altitude and greater clarity if they really want to. The other great thing about greater altitude is the opportunity to have conversation with other people who are also on the path of increased vibration, ascension, and higher consciousness. Today, I'm having another awesome, thought-provoking, and enlightening conversation with speaker, seminar leader, certified life, spiritual, and business coach, Jim Phillips. For almost 30 years, Jim has been an entrepreneur and business leader, inspiring others to higher levels of achievement through his presentations and seminars through the U.S., and Europe. Jim's passion and purpose is the exploration and application of spiritual law as it applies to prosperity and helping others understand and apply complex spiritual concepts to their personal life. Today, we're here to talk about his new book, The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression. So, Jim Phillips, thanks for being here with us today on Journey to Center. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I'm very good. Very, very good. Honored you are here to have this conversation. Well, I'm honored to be your guest. And I know that what (laughs) you and I have to share is going to be of great benefit to the listening audience. Well, that's my intention as well. So let's get this party started. Um, I'd love to start with just the title of your book, The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression. What would you say living in full expression is? Well, one thing I want to point out is that the word life is the acronym for living in full expression. So that in and of itself is a message within the title. And to me, living in full expression, I guess the easiest way to explain that and that most people would resonate with, it's really living from your true essence, your source. It's being authentic in everything that you do. And it's also understanding and embracing the fact that we are humans living in the earth plane And with that aspect of ourselves, we're going to do things that humans do that we might not necessarily think of as being something we would want to have as an experience on our our spiritual path, but yet it's, it's all part of the same journey. And so living in full expression is acknowledging and respecting and understanding and honoring that part of ourselves while we're living here. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, being on a spiritual path doesn't mean things are always going to be easy, but you're able to take those situations and and go, what's my soul trying to learn through this, you know? So um, I would love to know um, how this came about. You were a successful businessman. It seems, you know, you kind of, um, there was a shift that occurred. What was the turning point in your life that inspired you to want to share your understanding and knowledge with others? Well, I I look at, I look at life, and more specifically my life, as not being I all of a sudden stepped onto a spiritual path. 
I believe that we're all on a spiritual path from the moment we step foot on the planet. So it, it, it's not like there is all of a sudden this, this spiritual path we're on. What we do is we awaken to the fact that there, there is this other way of looking at life and more precisely looking at ourselves. And then we term that being our spiritual path because we have that more conscious awareness of, of who we truly are and what we're trying to experience in our life. But for me, where I really became aware of that, <clears throat> excuse me, was when I was 13 years old and I was sitting in church with my parents. And while I was sitting there, I, I had this experience of this voice out of nowhere saying, you're going to be doing this someday. And my experience of sitting in church was one that I, I didn't like. I didn't like being in church and it had nothing to do with religion or belief in God or Jesus or anybody else. It just was the whole experience of being in church didn't, didn't feel right. It didn't resonate with me. So when I heard that voice, I'm looking around trying to determine where it came from. And of course, there was nothing there that I could identify as being the source. And I'm thinking, there's just no way I'm going to be doing this as I get older because it doesn't feel right. It's just something about it that, that it doesn't resonate with me. And then it was a couple minutes later, that same clear voice said, you're going to be doing it differently. So really, since the age of 13, I've known there was something that I was here to do. And I didn't know exactly what it was. But I knew it had to do with bringing forth information, wisdom, if you will, that would benefit me as I was moving along my life's path, but also that would benefit other people. I didn't know how it was going to come out. I didn't know really what it was all about. But as I look back on my life, having gone through a lot of experiences, I can look at that and say, well, that was one of those experiences that was in preparation for who I am and where I am right now. It's given me the opportunity to share what I know is my life experiences and what I believe to be wisdom that can be of benefit to other people. Well, you, I found it really interesting in, in your book, and it was such a fun read. And, and, and again, you know, you take the um, complex spiritual principles and makes them, it makes um, it digestible, comprehensive. You coined a term called fear-sightedness. Mm -hmm. What is that? <clears throat> Fearsightedness is a way for me to explain in simple terms, or as, as simple a term as I possibly could, that there are people, most of us at some point in time have experienced, as long as everybody has, we've experienced it, where we look at life more from a fear-based perspective than if you want to use the other end of it, the, the love-based perspective. So fearsightedness is looking at life through the eyes of what's going to happen next. And what's going to happen next is typically a challenge or a difficulty, or it's looking at life as though we're the victim, as, as opposed to being the benefactor of what life has to offer us. And it's just recognizing that that's just a perspective, that, that there is nothing real about that, and that we can very easily change our perspective by looking at the, the things that have happened during our lifetimes that have actually been magnificent experiences that have been a benefit to us that have allowed us to live in full expression of who we are and to really live from our authentic self. And as a result of that, we expand our knowledge and experience of who we are, which is really what I believe we're here to do. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just a term that I, I used that I thought was a, an interesting term, a fun term that would cause people to stop and really look at it and then look at their lives and see where perhaps they might have been trapped in fearsightedness. Mm -hmm. and make that conscious decision once they realize that to look, change their fear side in this, to look through eyes of 
possibility, an unlimited potential, which is really what life is all about. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So you also say that um, most people are living a conditional life. What does that mean? Well, you're getting right into the meat of everything, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for it. We only have a half hour here. we got to get into this. <laughs> yeah, oh, I agree. No, I appreciate it. I, I, love, I love the questions because it gives me an opportunity to really get into it myself and uh, kind of relive some of the experiences I went through as I was putting it on paper. Mm-hmm. But I do. I think we all live conditional lives. And, and by that, I mean that more often we will say or do something not based on whether or not it's what we really want to say or do, but based on the response we feel we're going to get from other people. And so I might have something that I really need to say to somebody that's, that's the truth as I know it, that actually could be of great benefit to them. But because of my fear of how they might respond to me, or that they may never talk to me again, or that they may say something to somebody else about what I would be sharing with them, I don't do it. And so I miss an opportunity to, as I also say in the book, step into my magnificence, which is really stepping into your, your full authenticity. So too often, we, we, we just don't allow ourselves to, to be truthful. And, and so we live conditional lives based on, again, the fear of what others might say, the fear of what others might do. We, we live lives conditionally because we're afraid that there is something that Let's say there's something that that you're inspired to do, something really, really uh, wonderful that you're inspired to do. And usually it happens in the morning, at least it does for me. I'll wake up and I'll have this incredible idea and it's the next best thing that's ever been invented on the planet. I'm excited about it and I just get all kinds of thoughts on how it's going to unfold. But then I've talked myself out of it by lunchtime. And I've talked myself out of it because, again, the fear of what other people might think or say or or do as a result of it. People say, well, that's ridiculous. Why would you think that you can do that? Or why would you think anybody would want to buy that? Or why would you think anybody wants to read it? And that I might not do that, even though I was deeply inspired to do it. So that's really what living conditional lives is all about. It's, It's paying attention to the fact that we're making too many decisions based on other people's thoughts, feelings, emotions, and perhaps actions against us based on what we might do or say. Yeah, and again, you know, I agree with you, and that tends to come from that um, sense of fear. What will others think? What right. will others, you know, do? So, which is, which is more fear-based, and, and I say right. that's like living life from the outside in rather than the inside out. Mm-hmm. So, you also say stress and suffering comes from our resistance to life. How can we turn the tides? You know, if, if somebody's listening going, you know, that really resonates for me, but now what? The first thing is the awareness of it. And whenever I'm interviewed and, and a lot about what is in the book, it stresses awareness as being the key to a lot of what I share in the book. Now, I'm saying living in full expression is the key to life, but a key to living in full expression is awareness. And it, it's really, I'm going to say nothing more than, I don't mean to minimize what I'm trying to say, but it, it, it is a simple concept. And it really is just be aware of what's happening around you and be aware of what's happening within you, which are your feelings and emotions and thoughts at any particular point in time. And when we have that awareness, we see the correlation between our thoughts and the, and the things that are happening in our lived experience or in the outer world. And this is very much in alignment with what you talk about, Tammy, in your work, and that is the, the inner experience versus the outer experience and 
the inner experience or the outer experience reflecting our inner knowing and understanding and belief primarily of who we are. Mm-hmm. So if we become aware of that, number one, we start to see how many opportunities there are around us that perhaps we weren't aware of. And when I say opportunities, I mean opportunities to, to live a more prosperous life, to live more in full alignment of who we are. And then once we become aware of those opportunities being there, we make better choices. And then as we make better choices, we start to have greater experiences in our lives. And then, again, as we, as we continue to recognize the correlation between our thoughts and beliefs and our outer experiences, we then gain confidence in the thoughts and beliefs we have because now we see how powerful we are. And then we become fully empowered, and, and that is an amazing place to be. Yeah, that's when life starts to get really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, uh, for the, a, a good portion of my earlier life, I was in vic- victim consciousness, and it's not fun. It's not fun, but when we can take responsibility and learn the lessons uh, and become the benefactors, mm-hmm. it does kind of, again, turn the tides in a way where we do become more empowered and life is more joyful. And more enriched. So I know you have a chapter right. in your book called um, An Enriched Life, Living an Enriched Life. So what, how would you describe an enriched life? An enriched life is, is to me, just to put it simply, it's, it's a life that I am creating or co-creating. And, and that means that I'm even creating or co-creating things that would be uncomfortable but recognizing that those things that would be uncomfortable or that we might label as being challenging, I'm co-creating or creating for my benefit to have a more expanded experience of myself. And an enriched life is just that knowing and trusting. Just, just knowing that everything that shows up in your life is showing up to benefit you and having the grandest experience of yourself you possibly can. And it constantly expands. And that's why we, we will do something and, and we'll have a great experience of it, and we'll, we'll realize what we're capable of doing in that moment. And then we'll have another situation come up or another opportunity that stretches us. Well, that's the expansion process. And each time we do that, we have an expanded version of ourselves, and we have an expanded opportunity to experience our power, which is limitless. So it's, it's the enriched part that you're speaking of is really that knowledge and that recognition, that acceptance of this whole process and just realizing that everything that happens happens for your benefit. There is no victim in anything. It's always a benefit, even though the appearance might be that someone is a victim, they're actually not. And that's hard for people in the midst of being a victim or who are observing somebody who might be in a victim type situation. It's hard for people to accept that. But when you look at it from a deep soul level, it's all being done for the benefit of everybody involved in that particular set of circumstances. Yeah, I agree. And it is hard when you're going through um, intense challenges or feel victimized not to feel like a victim. And, and I know that's been the case for me for sure. And I support clients and trying to get through that rough terrain as well. But there are always soul lessons available to us. I totally, totally agree with you there. Well, so sure, I also sure like, uh, I haven't heard this before. You did an acronym for FAITH. Fully allow it to happen, living a life of faith, which is really different than, you know, resisting the process of life. It's like, to me, it sounds like getting in the river and flowing with it. So what would you say about um, claiming a life of greater faith? Well, as you said, faith, the way that I use it is not used 
as it would be used in biblical terms. It's not used as the way that somebody would say my faith is a particular religion. To me, it, it's all about trust, and you can certainly use, when you say you have faith in something, you are trusting that something is going to take place. Or you're trusting that you're going to be cared for. And I use faith as the acronym for fully allow it to happen. And that's because I trust that everything that is happening in my life is happening for my benefit. And when I, and, and this actually gets back to your, your earlier question in terms of the resistance to life and creating the stress. If, if I get in my own way, and that is try to determine or try to make life conform to the way I think it should unfold, that's what's creating the stress in my life. Instead of embracing and accepting life as it shows up and taking advantage of those situations and those opportunities, which are giving me the opportunity to live in full expression of who I am. And again, as you mentioned earlier, it's not about life being challenge-free because that would be boring. We, we, wouldn't have a, we wouldn't enjoy being here if everything just went smoothly. And I know a lot of people that might be listening to this are rolling their eyes and going, yeah, right, give me the opportunity. But it's true. <laughs> We, we, we love those opportunities to, to stretch ourselves and to see what we're capable of doing and to have those achievements and to share who we are and what we know with other people. So having faith is trusting. It's trusting in yourself. It's trusting in the process of life. And it's getting out of the way. Fully allow it to happen. Get out of the way. Let life unfold as life is going to unfold, whether you get in the way or not. It's still going to unfold. And just enjoy it. Embrace it. And recognize yes. you're, you're creating it. So it's not like somebody's throwing this stuff at you. you. You're involved in that whole creation process. I totally agree. And, and how can we take responsibility for creating the life that we really want to have? So, Jim, I love to have this conversation and ask this question, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Is heaven on earth really possible? Who's to say that we're not living heaven on earth? See, we, 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 we look at heaven... And it's based on what our perception of heaven is. It's based on how we've been programmed to believe that heaven is. We're programmed through religious beliefs, through religious dogma, and other things about what heaven is. And the way I look at it is that heaven is not a place. Heaven is an experience. And heaven on earth, to me, is when we are living in full expression of who we are, which to me means that the divine whatever other words you want to apply to that, God, spirit, the universe, it doesn't matter. But we are, we are an expression of the divine. So as we allow the divine to be expressed through us, through our life experiences, which we co-create for that specific purpose, then we are creating heaven on earth because we're allowing the divine to be experienced and expressed here fully and completely, which in my belief is our reason for being here. And so to me, that's heaven on earth. It's just living in full expression. It's not some faraway place. It's not somewhere that I think I'm going after I, I pass on. It's something that I believe that I can bring and do bring to my life experiences on a daily basis. But I think people need to recognize that heaven is only what their belief of heaven is. It's not, it's not a place. It's an experience, a state of mind, if you will. Yes, I agree. So say somebody's listening and they're not feeling like they're living heaven on earth and they're not feeling empowered. What would you um, maybe suggest to them as far as maybe claiming their power and their magnificence? Do you have any um, 
ideas about how somebody might open more fully to that possibility? Yes, it, it's interesting to me, and, and I used to do this all the time. So when I talk about these things, it's, it's me coming from an experiential standpoint. I don't just look at these things and throw it out there as theory. These are things that I have had the, the opportunity to fully experience. I still fully experience it because we, we, we will always have those opportunities to fall back on past experiences. I don't want to say we live them, but I think we have similar experiences so that we can kind of bring ourselves out of it to recognize that we do have the power to change those situations. And if, if someone is not where they want to be or their life experiences are, are not the ones that they would choose to have, then what I would suggest is, is to have people look at, well, when in your life did you have these wonderful experiences? You know, really positive things or things that you would label as being positive that happened in your life. The unfortunate thing is too many times we default to those negative things or those challenging things. And instead of looking at the positive and the beneficial and the, the really inspiring things that happen in our life, and when you start to take note of that, there are so many more positive, wonderful experiences that we have in life than the ones that we call negative or, or detrimental. And we need to start focusing on those. So if someone finds themselves in a place where they're not having the life experience they want, they need to tap into the feelings associated with those experiences they have had that were positive, that were inspiring, that were upbeat. And once they're in that feeling, then they can start creating, and this is really what we do, we start creating from that place with that feeling, which then allows us to create more experiences that would allow us to have that feeling that we're having right now in the moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can call it visualization, you can call it... Uh, manifestation. There's a lot of different terms we can use, but I, I, when I'm coaching, I have people look at things from within the experience, not look at it, but look at, but, but look from within the experience. So it's all about the feeling. Yes. It's, it's visualization, but looking through your eyes as you are in the experience, not looking at the experience where you see yourself in it. It's right. really immersing yourself in the experience itself. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I say, you know, the only reason we want anything is because of how we think it's going to make us feel. Well, we can get into that feeling state now by, you know, just imagining it. Right. And then, and then that helps create it. Right. So I one totally agree that, with you the, there. So, the um, Jim, say somebody's listening and they're like, I like this guy. I want to get his book, The Key to Life, The Key to Life, Living in Full Expression, or connect with you. How can they do that? Well, my website is prosperitybydesign.com, just as it sounds, www.prosperitybydesign.com. And they go to my website. I have a lot of things on there. They can buy my book on there. They can also, if they buy, the, if they buy my book on my website, as long as they're within the United States, I can send them a signed copy. And the reason I say within the United States is because when it starts going international, the, the shipping costs get to be astronomical. And it's too hard to calculate that and figure it out. So somebody outside the United States would actually be better to go onto Amazon and order the book because they've got distribution centers all over the world and they can right. do it a lot less expensive. But if you want a signed copy and you live within the United States, then go to my website and there's a link as soon as you get on there to order the book. If you want to contact me directly, you can reach me via email and that's at jim at prosperitybydesign.com. And I freely give out my phone number if anybody wants to call me, 703-626-8441. And I'll be happy to talk to anybody. 
That's awesome. So we just have a couple of minutes here left, and I just want to hear your thoughts about what a miracle is. I love miracles, love them, live for them. So how would you describe a miracle? A miracle is an act of creation in simple terms. I don't look at a miracle as being something that only spiritual people, and when I say spiritual people, I'm referring to those that we might look at in biblical terms or or someone that's high up in the church that might be sainted or anything like that. I don't look at those things that they do as being the definition of a miracle. And I think one of the, one of the definitions or, or examples I think I give in the book is if you're standing on a grocery line, and let's say you're having a really, really bad day, and your, your shoulders are slumped, and you're just angry, and just everybody that's around you is making you mad, and you just, just feel terrible. And then you look up, and all of a sudden, in the cart in front of you is this little baby. And the baby looks at you and starts to smile. And as soon as that baby smiles, all of that fear, all of that anger, all of that emotion that you had melts away. Your physiology completely changes. That's a miracle. And it's only a miracle because it was an, it was an act of creation. It created a different experience for you. It probably created a different experience for the baby as well. But I look at things as simple as that, as being a miracle. And, and they're created by us all the time. Another example of a miracle is anything that we might manifest in our life. Anything that we, that we desire to have as a life experience, and we go through the process of bringing that into the manifestation. That, to me, is a miracle. And I think once we recognize that we are creating miracles all the time, we'll, we'll let go of this term miracle as if it's something that has to be an experience or an event that's extraordinary. Even though they are extraordinary, I'm not trying to diminish that, but they're not extraordinary in the way that we typically look at miracles today. Right, I agree. It's totally creation. natural. To me, it's God winks. Right. And I just, I just love that definition and explanation of it. So, Jim, this was like such a fast half hour, but I think you shared a lot of really wonderful stuff. So I want to thank you for just showing up so fully in your expression and sharing your heart with us. And to my listeners, I'm so honored that you spend time with us. I would love to hear from you. You can come to my website, Tammy B. PhD, download my report, guided meditation, ask a question. Let's connect. That's to me what this is all about, connecting from the heart. So thanks again. Thank you, Nate and Ben, for being these amazing producers and Brent Carey for this forum called Empower. Take care of yourself. God bless. Onward and upward. Bye for now.